1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Full of frustration. Full of despair, despair. From years of hurt, disappointment, and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory, pride, passion, in search of silverware. And they found Major League Soccer. I think it's important just to focus on the US Open Cup, yeah, big big competition, um, yeah, not, not really about the league anymore. Well, US Open
3: Cup has suddenly gone to the bottom of our things to talk about because there's the MLS, there's uh, the League's Cup, there's been Canadian Championship games this week, there's been all sorts. Nah,
1: and all about the uh, all about the Open Cup, mate. This is the MLS UK Show. Welcome to the MLS UK Show, Season Two, Episode Seventeen. My name's Elliot Holman, and I'm Henry Hewitt. Here's what we've got for you today. We'll recap all of the results in MLS over the past seven days, including some surprising ones and some very, very big ones. Uh, We're going to be joined by Charles Wallin from the San Jose YouTube channel, Black and Azul. And not only that, we are going to be chatting to Minnesota United goalkeeper, Dane Sinclair. Are you ready? Let's do it!
3: Welcome to the latest episode of the MLS UK show. Um, it's so busy today, I can't wait for you all to hear our chat with Dane Sinclair as well. Minnesota United Generation Adidas draft uh, pick as well.
1: Are we in the goalkeepers union now? Because we had Adam Grinwist last week. Is, are, we just, are we just a goalkeepers podcast now? Yeah, well, we've got uh, kind of another interview lined up with another goalkeeper as well. <laughs> so um, I think we're starting at the back and making our way forward. Sure. Let's work our way through Okay, yeah. Yeah. So we'll know we're making progress If I say to you Mate, mate we managed to get Justin Morrow He's coming on so We've made it to left back Come on um, Yeah, I'm excited to, uh, excited to hear Dane on the show A little later on I feel like we need to just address Some of the stuff that's, that's happened recently Because there's been some big results But we don't just start the podcast No you don't, just, you don't just
3: go straight in there, do you? No, we like to dip our toe into the MLS UK show water And we do that with the game with the changing name. He's got it right again. Uh, Every week we invite you to uh, send your own in uh, because we want you to be part of the show. We want you to get in touch. Whatever game we play, we've got another round of the crisis right later. Come on
1: now! If
3: you've got a, a topic for Elliot to throw questions at me, get in touch. Uh, MLS UK show on all the socials. That's what Dan did this week. He sent us a DM and he said for the game of the changing name, he's given us a player.
1: I like this. I like when people send them in.
3: This player this week, I'm going to run down his uh, his career so far. Mm-hmm. 2007, started off with the LA Galaxy and then uh, moved to Real Salt Lake where he played until 2010. He then went to play for Nottingham Forest, who Dance actually supports, until twenty thirteen. He then went on loan to Gillingham, went back to Royal Salt Lake and then played for Toronto. Mm. Now he's never played more than a hundred games for any of these teams. He no longer plays in MLS. He left Toronto in twenty fifteen. He played eleven times as well for the USA. But who is he? I have no idea. Get in touch. Screenshot where you get up to when you figure out who this player is, and we'll tell you right at the end.
1: Yeah, if you uh, if you think you've cracked it, at MLS UK Show on Twitter. Right, let's go through some results from last week, and there's only one place to start. Our guests last week were fans from uh, LA Galaxy and LAFC, and Galaxy have won it again. El Tráfico Kings.
3: Um, Zlatan certainly had. His uh, fair share of comments, his fair share of media going into this game. And in true Zlatan style, he just, he's the only player on the planet that can do this. He can spout his mouth off all week and still manage to pull it off. Get a hat trick and just be like, what, I told you, I'm the best in MLS.
1: Yeah, if I did this, if I gave it the big one, like if I was giving it beans all week, I'd turn up, stub my toe in the warm-up on the goalpost and I'd be sat out for the rest of the game like it, the guy's ridiculous however I want to raise something with you about this okay I'm a big Zlatan fan mm-hmm. I love the fact that he's in MLS I love what he brings to the league I love the way he arrived and announced that he was here in El Trafico last season I think it's fair to say not been at his best this year but is Zlatan now just a big game player because he has maybe only turned up Fully, and I don't want to get lynched for this, but realistically, if we're speaking truthfully, because I like the guy, does he just show up for the games he wants to play? You know what? Uh, despite the fact that if you
3: he's scored a lot of goals, so to be fair to him, he has he's been very successful. I feel in MLS in terms of an individual player, of course, of a team player that will be decided uh, when LA Galaxy probably get into the playoffs this season and then see what they can do from there. He did save all this week, didn't he? Did you catch these quotes yeah. where he said? In a league with playoffs, why do I need to turn up for every game? Mm. Turn up for the big games, get us in the playoffs, and then I'll do my bit, which is bold of him to
1: say. If they go on to win MLS Cup now, and he performs throughout those playoffs, then that's fair. But I think there's something going on. Either he's struggling because of age or because of the various injuries that he tends to carry, um, playing on turf. I, I don't know whether this is a massive... Bravado style cover up. If it is, and it's genius, he always does deliver. But now he's said this, he has to do it again and again and again. He, you know what? I mean, he does. However,
3: I know some Galaxy fans were giving him a bit of stick. You know, when he got sent off earlier in the season, and I think for Galaxy fans, they would like to see him perform every game. But with his stats, to be fair, especially with the goals, you just can't. You can't dispute. What he's done, so I, you kind of got to say, well, just do what you want to do, Zlatan, because it's working. He won the battle against Carlos Vela, which I think was a kind of a one-sided battle. I mm. think Zlatan. I don't think Carlos Vela was that.
1: Yeah, Zlatan created in, that himself. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Um, when do LAFC get their win in the derby? It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's
3: as I say. I know it's it's not on the same scale, but it's when Orlando and Atlanta. It's the, uh, like the. Rivalry we have with it, the Orlando wins coming at some point. In re- the
1: U.S. Open Cup. Yeah,
3: well, I think they're going to wait for a big game. Maybe the, uh, the L.A.F.C. wins coming in the uh, in the conference final. <laughs>
1: it would not surprise me one bit. Okay, I like that. Elsewhere, Columbus finally won a game. Congratulations! Should we give them an applause? Yeah, let's. let's Columbus, everybody, well done winning that. Game. When was the last week? Was it May? I think it was May last time they won. I'll be honest with you, it feels like 1997. <laughs> um, they beat Montreal 2-1, which as we know is, is a big result. I know they were at home, but I, I, I think by not just winning, but winning against a team who have been really, really strong this year, hopefully that galvanises them a little bit. Because I'll be honest with you, they were level on points with Cincinnati at one point, and I was starting to get a little bit concerned. <laughs>
3: Yeah, especially with the uh, Helly's Real Derby coming up, we really need to pick up some form. Because That's going to be huge. It, it will be huge. And I think for Columbus Crew, the season that they've had, which I still feel after what happened last season behind the scenes, it was always going to be a, after the Lord Mayor's mm. show kind of a season. So it didn't surprise me what is going on. However, as long as they beat FC Cincinnati, I think they'll be happy with that nine points off the playoffs they can we've seen teams make it from this stage and worse stages yeah. but i think for columbus crew it's a rebuilding season they've made a lot of trades just beat fc cincinnati and then they can go into next year
1: um another big result i want to want to talk about is toronto they lost at home at bemo field 3-0 to houston and both those sides are now in eighth place well, how do we feel about Toronto? Because they've been very up and down, and they're now just on the brink of the playoffs. It's weird because the first season I properly watched
3: MLS dominated. Be dominated. Yeah. The season before that was it, that when they lost to Seattle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of used to kind of in a similar way to San Jose, we're used to them being mm. awful, yeah. <laughs> and now this is surprising. Toronto, I don't know. It's it's. I know before the purple patch they had a few years ago, they were a poor MLS side as they were building. But seeing them now sort of mid-table and they can't get any consistency and they've got really good players, it's just, it's a shame. For me, they should be doing a lot better.
1: Yeah, I agreed. Um, I need to talk to you about the the boring, boring snooze fest that was Atlanta United versus DC United. Now, I'll give you a bit of context here and the reason I'm so disappointed is that uh, I worked solidly all last week and all weekend uh, some MLS stuff, some not and There was a point where, when it was all said and done, I could just sit and watch this game. There was no other game that I needed to worry about. I didn't have to work on anything else. I sat on my sofa. I had a beer. I had some ice cream. I was like, this is it. It was on Sky Sports Football here in the UK. Sorted. Sat down. That annoying horn to signify (laughs) the start of my freedom. Ah, man. The the horn's swag. I like the horn. It's not. Anyway... (laughs) The first 70 minutes, 75 minutes of that game, oh, wow. They just, it was the same. uh, Right, so DC didn't have Rooney. Okay, so immediately DC are on the back foot. So you're thinking, right, Atlanta, come on, like, go for it. The same patterns being played out over and over and over. Turnover in midfield, play it out wide, put the ball in. Martinez, someone tell them that Martinez is literally, like, two foot tall. Stop doing that. He's not just going to suddenly, like, smash a bicycle kick in from that high. Sometimes the, they'd then, like, get to the byline and it'd go back, back towards the middle. And I was just like, come on, just be more ruthless, man. Mm. Like, and they got there eventually, and this is why Atlanta United are, are a force and will always be a force with this squad. They got there in the end. They needed Petey, who's been under a lot of criticism. Um, but that first 75 minutes, look, at home... With that roster, I know DC are a good side. They didn't have Rooney. There wasn't really much of a threat up top because Acosta was playing massively out of position, Looks massively out of his depth. It shouldn't have been as boring as it was. To be honest, I agree with you. I feel that, I mean, they
3: say the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting mm. different results. Yeah. And uh, I must admit, until the 88th minute, I was going mad. That's but... what I
1: was frustrated with, because as much as it's Atlanta, I just wanted to see a good game and see yeah. things happen, you know? And it's like, no, you've tried that. Stop it now. Yeah, I, this is the problem with Atlanta. And I think, you know what,
3: Atlanta are always going to be... I, I'm going to put it out there now. I think DC needs to strengthen. Um, there's no depth. There's no depth. Which we saw in the eight-one defeat to Marseille this week in the friendly. Atlanta, for me, maybe look at the two New York teams, but I'd Philadelphia are kind of inconsistent since the break. It would not surprise me if Atlanta finished top in the East mm. because they've got the they've still got the best team. Yeah, because they can make it happen. Yeah, they can make it happen, and I think this shows it that they can grind out the results. You said last week about LAFC that uh, our thing is well, can they grind out the results? But then they're winning 5 0 every game. So you don't need to. Atlanta have learned how to grind out these results. It's, just, yeah, it was frustrating, but they got there in the end. And, you know, if you give me a 2 0 win at the start of the
1: game, you're going to take it. Of course. Uh, do you think that repetitive thing, like you say, the definition of madness is doing the same thing, except in, expecting different results? Do you think that comes from last year where the way they played they just had to just keep... Do you know, like, Mm. Almiron would get the ball and drive and it would be so attacking. Like, it was lethal on the counter-attack. They'd soak up the pressure and then bang. And eventually, someone would crumble. It would work nine times out of ten. Do you think it comes from that? Do you think they need to kind of learn maybe a different pattern? Because they can't just do that now. I think they do. I think every team... If you're going to win titles, you need to have a couple
3: of different ways to play. Like you said last season, the amount of times that I watched Atlanta at home last season... Um, you know, kicking, uh, as we watch it on TV, kicking mm. left. Yeah, yeah. The amount of times you see Almiron just sprinting in the second... And the, the amount of games that they ended up winning, four or five nil, Orlando was one of them, LAFC, do you know that they just... Mm. They picked teams off in the 70th minute, and it's like, right, well, you're tired now, we're just going to steamroll you. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's maybe not the same this year, but I, I do agree. I think they need to find a couple more ways just to break down defences. They almost did... We went a slightly different route, got the penalty, and we've always said we love the way Martinez takes penalties. But when he misses one, it's gonna look stupid.
1: Literally, and it happened. It, literally, we've said that all this time. Like he's gonna miss one at some point. And I said to you, I said it'll be on. Uh, I'm talking over here in in the UK. It'll be on the Soccer AM channels on socials. It'll be on Sky Sports News. Being sh-. and it has been. And I'm sorry, but it's a sh- when it goes wrong, it is a shambles. Points fair out, play. Hamid just stays stays on his feet. That's what forces... He's, he he doesn't move. Yeah. Because Martinez, when he's in mid-air, he's waiting for that keeper to make the move so he can decide where he's going to put it. And actually, Hamid just stays big. And to be fair to him, make you know he's made Martinez look ridiculous. He has. And uh, although saying that,
3: I mean, Martinez took his goal really well, mm. uh, one-on-one, and he dinked it over Hamid. So... Uh, he shows his class and if it, as an Atlanta fan it's good to see that Martinez you know other players will crumble you've been made to look really stupid um, on national TV world TV they will crumble Martinez not that kind of guy right. uh, although he was the one who looked most happy when PT scored that goal yeah. I've got to say
1: um, one final observation from this game on Martinez when he missed the penalty yeah there was more of a smile on his face than any goal I've ever seen him score. Is that a shocker I thing? I, I, I agree, it wasn't like a proper smile, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he had a smile on his face of almost like, oh my God, as if I've just done that. <laughs> and it was the biggest smile we've ever seen. And it's when he's missed. Yeah, well, hopefully he won't be smiling much more then. <laughs> Next penalty he takes, does he do it again? What do you reckon? He did a few without one, didn't he? He, he did. did. He did do. A, he did stop doing it for a while, so I don't know. No, I, I think, think I think he'll do it just it, to prove a yeah, point. Yeah, of course he will. He's Martínez. He'll do it just to be mm. like, write, write a line, uh, draw a line under that. Makes you sick. <laughs> um, hopefully it'll be in purple for the All-Stars and I'll actually want him to score. Yes. Um, Cascadia. Let's talk Cascadia finally. Timbers won 2-1 at big Seattle. Win. This is a big win. Seattle's a notoriously tough place to go. Mm. Um, and Timbers now find themselves two points off the playoffs.
3: We said it would happen. They've got a game in hand. They've got a couple of games in hand on Dallas. We said Mm. it would happen. It always happens. One of them teams in Cascadia, not Vancouver, (laughs) but the other two. (laughs) The
1: comeback's on for (laughs) Vancouver.
3: Will have a poor start to the season and then they'll just storm it
1: the second half and get in the playoffs. And it's happening with Portland this time. Um, There's something, before we move on, there's something I want to introduce to the show. I've not told you about this. Um, So we do an episode every week, right? We try to. Yeah. Most weeks. Yeah. Now, uh, if this is going to start off easy and it's going to get harder and harder towards the end. I want us each to eliminate a team each week from the playoff race. <laughs> okay? okay, so starting right. now, you need to pick a team from the east and the west to eliminate. And I'm going to make a note of these and we'll see who we have left at the end, okay? Okay. So if you had to say there's one team in the east that's gone now <laughs> that's not going to do it. Let me think. I mean, you say... I know you're saying this is easy, right? But look, look, Columbus aren't that far ahead of, of Cincinnati. I know, yeah, but New England Revolution are in seventh.
3: Hmm. Uh Right, yeah, get them out of the way straight away. In the East, sorry, Cincy fans, but I don't think you're making the playoffs. Okay, and in the West? In the West, I'm going to eliminate... Um, well, it's one of two, so I'll probably do the other one next week. Um, I think... Vancouver. I I think Vancouver could turn it around more than Colorado, but I'll look at like the goal difference, minus 18. They've played 23 games, so they've played more than anyone else. They've only won four games all season, so I don't see it
1: turning around. Okay, um, I'll give you mine. Unsurprisingly, I'm agreeing with you in the East, so I'm going for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I'm just making a note of this because we will forget. Uh, and in the West, I'm going for Colorado. So Colorado and Cincinnati eliminated. Okay, right. Shall we get him on the show? So I need to tell a story about this.
3: okay? (laughs) Because Dane St. Clair has got the patience of a saint. Dane Dane St. Clair? Yeah. So we agreed to do the interview, and obviously here in the UK it's quite late at night, and with me, uh, as we've discussed, you do a radio show like sort of mid-morning time, and I produce one in the evening. So I thought, right, well, I'll do the interview because it would mean you having to come into work and, and whatever. Get to finally do it. Get in our studio. Can't record. And I'm like, this is an interview with an MLS player.
1: Like, what is going on? Was it because of the um, particular operating system that when you log in, goes, <laughs> error, error, error.
3: That's the one, yeah. Uh, so I text Dane and I, I said, and I thought straight, I was like, right, I've got like a little home studio set up at, at home. Humble brag. So I can do it through there. So I, I, I was, I uh, kept on texting him saying, sorry, I'm trying to sort this out. And I said, can you give me an hour? And I thought he was going to be like, no, I'm too busy. He said straight away, yes, get it sorted. I really want to do it. Like, uh, yeah, Take your time. I had to drive then home to Manchester. So this interview here with uh, Dane St. Clair, Generation Adidas player, <coughs> MLS Goalkeeper, I'm sat at my kitchen table at home.
1: (laughs) Ever the professionals. Okay, uh, let's find out what happened, shall we? The MLS UK Show.
3: Welcome to the MLS UK Show. I'm Henry Hewitt and I'm delighted to say joining us right now is Minnesota United goalkeeper, Generation Adidas player, Dane St. Clair is on the show. How are you doing, Dane?
2: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
3: Not a problem. So uh, we're recording this, it's almost 6 o'clock where you are in the evening. So tell us, what's your day been like? What's the day of a professional soccer player?
2: Um, We actually have had a lot of Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday games this month. Fortunate enough, we've had two days off, but normally just training in the morning, going to the facility, um, I live about 20-30 minutes away from there. Train, obviously, maybe some gym work after. And then eat at the facility, whatnot, and then kind of maybe hang out with some teammates or things like that in the afternoon.
3: At the moment, uh, like yeah, because you're technically on loan, aren't you? At Forward Madison in USL Correct. League One. Uh, Correct. Whereas, uh, so the loan system is different to what we used to do here in the UK, where the player will go and train with the, the the side. You actually still train with Minnesota, right? But then you'll be you're available for Forward Madison to to play you.
2: Correct. Yeah, I haven't. Um, here right now but i've been spending most of the season with minnesota but they just wanted me to get a get a game in this this past weekend so uh they sent me down here for the just for a few days just to to get a game in but most of the time i'm training with minnesota Uh,
3: yeah because you've been uh you've been on the bench quite a few times uh this season which for a, a draft player is is amazing so what's it like to get back out on the field with forward madison
2: it's definitely good to get game experience. Of course, you 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 need to get a game experience when you when you're a young player. So kind of just finding the minutes when I can and trying to prove myself in the minutes, whether it's playing in friendlies or playing here in in Madison.
3: Uh, so uh, as I mentioned there, your generation Adidas uh, player. So you got drafted in the uh, in the draft in January, seventh overall pick. But I mean, you were considered to be the best goalkeeper in the draft. That must be a lot of pressure going into that.
2: I think yes, but I think playing playing my position is a high 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 pressure position to begin with. So it's kind of something that I've grown up to try to get used to. And I kind of I think I like to thrive under the pressure. I, I think, and I think I kind of do better when the pressure is there.
3: Obviously, in MLS, there's a lot of pressure on the the goalkeepers. Uh, just how much at the moment are you learning from uh, Vito Minone, who, of course, has played in uh, in England and in Europe? He he must be great to be working with at the moment and learning off.
2: For sure. I mean, first and foremost, he's, he's, he's a good guy as well. So I think kind of just having a, a good relationship off the field as well has allowed me to learn more on the field as well, which I think has helped my growth immensely.
3: So your journey, then, as I mentioned, uh, you got drafted uh, to Minnesota. You was uh, playing college soccer in Maryland as well. So where's your your journey up to this point? Then, for us here in the UK, where it's a bit different, there how players all go through youth teams and then under twenty threes and and stuff like that. Just explain to us what it's like to be playing college soccer and then going through that draft and then getting to MLS. Yeah, I think it's
2: definitely different. Pathway because we don't really have like a twenty threes here or like reserves and things like that. So I think a lot of American or Canadian players choose to go to the college college route because it's kind of like maybe I'd say like kind of like a similar thing to like a twenty threes, whereas you are kind of on the on the on the brisk and you are not sure what's going on. And then it's just another place to develop and get games and things like that. So I mean, my time in Maryland was was a great time. Three and a half years there. I think it's. Definitely helped me to get to where I am today.
3: Earlier on in the season, we had Mo Adams from Chicago Fire on the show, and he was explaining um, in his draft experience 12 months before yours. Before the draft, he kind of knew of a few teams that were were probably going to uh, uh, want to get him. Was that the case with you? Did you know beforehand that Minnesota were interested, or did it come as a complete surprise?
2: I knew there was a little bit of interest there, but you can never tell when exactly what's going to happen because obviously there's so many other players but you have interviews and things like that with the teams and I thought my interview with Minnesota went well but obviously teams can go up in the draft order or go down in the draft order so you never you're kind of sitting there just kind of waiting for your name to get called but obviously you think there's a there's a few teams that you know you had good interviews with or you could fit in their system and things like that so you have Kind of an idea, but you never know because there there could be a team that could just pop up out of nowhere as well.
3: Um, so you're originally from Canada. Now you're in Minnesota. What are the differences? What are the uh, similarities between living in uh, Ontario? Right? Is that where you were from?
2: Yeah, 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 in the Toronto region.
3: Yeah. So uh, going from there to Minnesota,
2: probably the weather's the same. <laughs> but I think Toronto is very a unique, such a unique city because it's very multicultural, kind of similar to London. So I'd say that's probably the, the biggest difference. But the more I've been in Minnesota, the more I've come to enjoy it.
3: Am I right? You came over to the UK for some trials. Is that right?
2: Uh, yeah, when I was about 16, I want to say, I'd trained with uh, Aberdeen and with uh, Newcastle.
3: And that must have been just for a 16 year old kid to come over to to the UK and in particular with Newcastle United such a big team that must have been one hell of an experience right
2: yeah it was it was right before I'd gone to Maryland so I think kind of just opened my eyes and kind of showed me a professional mindset I need to have if I, if I want to put myself in those shoes one day so I think it was it was a, it was a definitely great experience and something I'll carry with me for the rest of my life and then something that I hope to put my put myself in that position one day and I think Minnesota's been a, a step for that as well, kind of just being in a professional environment
3: um, So, uh, yeah you said there about maybe coming back one day seeing Zach Steffen, obviously he's gone to Manchester City and he's playing on loan in Germany this season, him doing that is that an inspiration for players like yourself?
2: For sure and he also went to Maryland as well so we kind of have a, a little bit of a, a relationship just talking to each other and things like that coming from the same program so obviously a, a young goalie you always want to see do well so i'm excited for him i I see myself as a friend as his of course i hope he does well with his uh transfer
3: is that something that you would like to do in the future because you it's such an early stage of your career what are your plans for your career
2: i think kind of right now i'm just kind of taking it step by step and taking things as they go and learning of course you said i'm i'm young for my position so i think kind of just learning where I can and kind of take myself to as, as high as I can one day and wherever that may be. I'm not sure, but I think kind of just I'm not skipping stages, you know what I mean? I want to kind of take it step by step and do the right things each and every day.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, not skipping stages, but looking uh, quite a bit ahead at the moment. The fact that the uh, the World Cup is going to be partly in Canada in seven years' time, I mean, that's perfect for you, right? It gives you all that time to get that experience to maybe get in the side.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think that's obviously playing for the, the, the Canadian youth teams. I think that's kind of something I have my have my mindset in is obviously getting back into, or getting into the full team, I'd say.
3: Uh, so what's soccer like in Canada at the moment? Like with, obviously, as I said there, you've, uh, the World Cup in seven years, it must be, uh, it must be growing. Is, you know, is that the case or is there still a lot to do in Canada?
2: I think it's it's definitely growing. This I mean, this year there's been a, 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 new, a new professional league that's that started up so I think that's kind of created some buzz as well. so I think kind of just obviously leading up to seven years time I think it's big but I think also we have a focus on qualifying for the, for the world cup in 2022 as well I think people aren't just thinking oh 2026 I think the true fans of, of Canada are seeing 2022 as an actual possible thing that we can achieve.
3: Um, so for you, then looking at that, that's uh, what the three years away. Is that an aim for you to get into that side? If you get some MLS minutes and USL minutes?
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think every player wants to be able to represent their country as as early and as often as possible. So I think that's definitely one of my goals. But obviously, having to to fit in, get some get some minutes in uh, club football first as well is important for me.
3: Um, So coming back to the present day you of course Minnesota you're managed by a Brit you're managed by Adrian Heath what's he been like for your development in the short space that you work with him?
2: It's been good I think he we we have a good young young core group I think he puts a so a a good amount of focus on us and kind of sees a lot of a lot of the potential in this but he also reminds us that we have to take it step by step and things like that that you can't just go go to the the highest stage and things like that. You have to do the things right each and every day, and that that's how you kind of play up to your whole your full potential.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, he said there that, that, that you know take it day by day. But Minnesota, you're doing quite well at the moment. You're securing the playoffs as, as we speak. How much of an effect has the new stadium had on on what Minnesota are trying to do this season?
2: I think it's it's a big thing. I mean, our fans we we sell it every game, and I think. The fans kind of are 12th man because they're just, they're so loud, they're engaged. And I mean, I think teams find it very tough to come here and we've only lost one game at home the entire season, which has been been massive for our, our results. And I think fans are staying way longer after the game, still cheering, you, you know what I mean? And then we kind of have a, a tradition to, to sing a Wonderwall, yeah. which I think is kind of bringing in the fans as well after after every win, I think. You see the amount of fans that stay after the game. It just shows like how engaged they are with our team. If you just talk to people in the area, they know about the new stadium, which I think is very nice.
3: Have you sense that then, uh, with your time in the area, that the club is growing, and obviously it's easy to compare Minnesota to Atlanta because they both came in the league at the same time. I guess Atlanta's has been more of a um, a sprint approach at it, but have you seen that Minnesota are catching up a bit in terms of how the city and the place just? Embraces the uh, the soccer side,
2: for sure. And I think from 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 management standpoint, they've they've brought in a lot of new players going into this year. And Adrian said that they're they're looking to continue to improve, and that this is this has been the best side that we've had so far. But we're also looking to, to improve this side as well. So I think it just shows our our approach and mindset for this season.
3: Uh, and one more thing before you go, have you learned the lyrics to Wonderwall yet? <laughs>
2: A few if I, I, I'm i able to sing along, but I can't go off the top of my head.
3: <laughs> uh, what sort of music are you into? What's your, what's your vibe?
2: I'd say probably like hip-hop and then some uh, Caribbean music as well.
3: Right, okay, so Oasis from Manchester, Wonderwall, is not really your thing, is it? <laughs>
2: not, not quite, but I enjoy hearing it after a nice win. Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK Show.
1: There we go, good work. Dane Sinclair chatting to Henry on the MLS UK show. Genuinely, nice. such a nice guy. Adam was last week, actually. If
3: you've not heard our interview with Adam Grimwis of Orlando City, check that out. Thanks for all. We've had a lot of positive messages about it. And it, this is the thing MLS players, every, like Mo Adams, was the same. They're all decent guys.
1: And I saw you messaging Mo Adams on our in on our uh, DMs on our MLS UK <laughs> show account. Can you keep your Atlanta lovin's to your own personal account, please? Because yeah. I got a notification on my lock screen on my iPhone from Mo Adams, and it was him messaging you. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh, makes you <sighs> sick. Gotta admit, I, I I held off for a few days. Give me some credit,
3: <sighs> and then uh, because obviously when he was on the show, we we DM'd him, and I was like, why is Mo Adams message? Why is he saying shit? Cheer- Oh, he's replying to you. Yeah, Excellent. I just say congratulations. Keep on it on the, your own
1: account. On the move.
3: Uh, right, we need to do another round. This is my new favourite game. It's the, uh, and we've stuck with a name now, which I think is a, such a, I love this name, because the amount of stick you give this guy last season, <laughs> I love the name. The irony is beautiful.
1: Shall we play the Jason Christ is Right? Start the theme tune. Hold it. Don't start the theme tune yet. Okay. Because I've realised that when it comes to The Price is Right, there's something I've been forgetting to say. Go on. Henry Hewitt, come on down! (laughs) Woo! Yes! There we
3: go. Hi, I'm Henry from Manchester, 29 years old. No one cares. Right, (laughs)
1: uh, this week... (laughs) This week, your high or lowers (laughs) on The Price is Right are based on last season's MLS standings. Oh! I think this is a good one. It is because
3: with the playoffs, like yeah, yeah, it's it's, in my head. It's either they made the playoffs, they didn't.
1: Mm. Okay, so I'm going to give you the first one, which is uh, our favorite team from last year, FC Dallas. They finished sixth overall, so I'll give you that one. Right. Okay. Now, higher or lower? Philadelphia. Lower. Any guess? Any guesses at the number? Um, eleven. Bang on. Yes. Great start. <laughs> uh, next. Higher or lower than Philly in 11th, LA Galaxy? Lower. They were 13th. Yep. RSL, higher or lower than LA Galaxy in 13th? Oh. Um, higher.
3: They made the playoffs and lost in an early round. Higher. Higher by one point.
1: It's the point that Galaxy missed out on the playoffs. by. Yes. Shout out to Houston. Columbus... Higher or lower than RSL in twelfth. Higher. I reckon they were about seventh? Tenth. Tenth, right, okay. Higher or lower than Columbus in tenth, Seattle Sounders. Higher. Because they had a really strong end to the season, didn't they? I think did they end up being third, maybe? Fourth? Fourth. fourth. Yeah. This is my favourite pit. Are you ready? Yeah. Higher or lower than Seattle in fourth. Atlanta United. Um, Let me see. Um, Almost a record points total. Um, So as I say, this is my favourite bit. Higher or lower than Atlanta in second? Can I just say higher? I know you're going to pick. New York Red Bulls. (laughs) Higher, but, uh, you know, still waiting on that MLS Cup. Now, for a bonus point, can you get the bottom five in order? I'll give you the Uh, teams. Go on. How many of the teams can you guess? Uh, San Jose.
3: Yep. Colorado. Yep. Orlando. Yep.
1: Two more. Chicago? Yep. And? I think this is hard, this one.
3: Oh, who was the fifth one?
1: Who had a really awful season last season? Minnesota? No, you've mentioned them recently, and this is why it was a shock in their last game. Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. So, in what order do they appear in the final standings? Dead last would have been San Jose. Yep. Orlando second last. Yep.
3: Colorado third last. Yep. Who was the other team? I forgot.
1: (laughs) Chicago. (laughs) Chicago fourth last. Yeah. And then Toronto fifth last. Yes! Yes! Smashed it! Henry Ah. Hewitt, congratulations. You are a winner once again on the Jason Crisis Rights. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm chuffed with that
3: one because I... I forget where I've left my car keys, so I'm really impressed with myself that I've
1: managed to get so many of them right. I was... Um, when I wrote some of them down, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I would have struggled with that. Right. Um want to talk briefly about the Leagues Cup. Yes. Because um, I'm going to be honest with you, and uh, again, this will come back to haunt me next year when Orlando win it, but I've got issues with this Leagues Cup, mate. I'm not going to be on. I'm not going to lie.
3: I'm with you on this. I think it's just... Uh... It's difficult because I, I get
1: that MLS are trying to market the league, mm. but uh, but I, I think do it when it's finished. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So just to, just to run through um, the league's cup, if you're not uh, if you're not aware, is uh, Mexico's Liga MX versus MLS. Um, now the teams involved from MLS: Chicago, uh, LA Galaxy, Houston Dynamo, and RSL. Okay, now Chicago lost two 0 to Cruz Azul. Houston lost uh, on penalties to Club America, RSL lost to Tigres, (laughs) and saving MLS were LA Galaxy, but only by penalties, uh, they won 3-1 on penalties against Tijuana. Now, uh, admittedly, it was Galaxy's B team, which was very impressive. Can we just say as well, though, just before you carry on, that Galaxy fans on Twitter, everyone I saw was saying, we don't want to win this. Yeah, just lose it. Yeah, Yeah. and this is what this is what this is my issue with it. Okay, so Mexico is a much higher standard than MLS. I think I think we know that. I wouldn't want to watch the league. Bores bores the hell out of me. But they always prove that. They consistently prove that Mexico is is the stronger league. I'm okay with that. I don't. You know, the Premier League is a stronger league than MLS. Doesn't mean I don't want to watch MLS. Um, We have. I say we. In America and uh, in North America we've got a, a US men's national team that are underperforming massively. We've got a Canadian men's national team nowhere near any team that's, that's the best in the world, not near nowhere near it at all. There's teams in MLS playing in baseball stadiums. There's clubs with nobody turning up to watch whatsoever. We're adding more and more teams to a a league that's already got a, conge- a really congested schedule. We're playing all these midweek games because apparently we've got to finish earlier so we can cram more of these ridiculous tournaments in close season. Um, And now we're adding even more games against a league that are already way ahead of us. I don't see the... I I do see what they're trying to do, but there's no point at the minute.
3: Yeah, and There's no point to it. They're extending it, aren't they, next year
1: as well? For me, this is what... I, I know the
3: Mexican League runs differently to MLS and maybe they've got to cater a lot to what happens in Liga MX, but I would have it as... Have it as if I, if I, you know, if I could choose as an MLS fan, I would have the teams that don't make the playoffs let them play that. Then, mm. so you've got playoffs going on, and then you've got leagues cup going on at the same time for the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Personally, that's what I would do. But I just, I don't know. It's yeah, I'm with you on this one. I think the the Campionas Cup. I I see um, that's I, a, yeah. that's a good idea. I see yeah. that. I don't know whether the MLS are looking at this and thinking, right, let's get a more experience against the Mexican team so when it comes to the Champions League, we can actually have a team that wins it for once. Mm. Maybe that's got something to do with
1: it. But, but could but. the Campeones Cup, could that not be moved as well? Why is it now? or well, not now, but why is it coming up in the middle of the season as well? I, I don't I don't understand the need for all this congestion. The league's finishing earlier than ever this mm. year. We're having all these mid... Think how many midweek games there's been this year. It's like, it's crazy. Some of the turnarounds, you know, and I'd I'd say about rotation, there's so much rotation in MLS midweek anyway. For an MLS game, for teams chasing playoffs, you know, New England, Houston, Orlando, Chicago, all heavily rotating all the time. They're in the hunt for playoffs. They're trying to get into that top seven and they're rotating in what's considered to be their most important competition so introducing this in the in a midweek just seems absolutely ridiculous.
3: Yeah, and as well, I don't know, obviously what people are saying in Mexico, but surely it's boring for the Mexican teams involved because they're like now it's just uh, they might as well just play in the league. Yeah, they've got LA
1: Galaxy and the rest. You know what's the point? Yeah,
3: and...
1: it's embarrassing for MLS. I think to keep being constantly upstaged by Liga MX, and I just think let's get there's so much that needs sorting in MLS There's so much that's brilliant about it but there's so much that we're still yet to get a handle on and improve and I just think let's just let's just focus on that I agree hopefully uh it'll prove prove me wrong and I
3: will uh I'll happily eat humble pie if I decide to you know if I do take to it in coming seasons but at the moment I, I'll be honest I'd I I woke up the next morning. I checked Twitter, as I normally do, and if the scores came up. I wouldn't have gone searching for it. I didn't stay up to watch it. Um, Elsewhere this week, Canadian Championship. It's down to the semi-finals now. um, Vancouver. I know. Montreal beat York 9, so they're in the semis. They play uh, Cavalry. Ottawa Fury are up against Toronto FC, so you'd expect Montreal v Toronto in the final. But Vancouver, Mm. who lost to Cavalry, Two one at home.
1: It's where's it going wrong for Vancouver right now? It's everywhere. I think it's, it's yeah. fair to say I, I've I'm just reading so much criticism of players of the manager of and I think you know they've taken themselves from a fairly respectable couple of seasons and I know MLS does rotate but it's certainly strange to see them see them right down there after really dominating sort of fairly recently.
3: Well, we'll have to see. Uh, it was a it was a season of change after uh, Robinson left Vancouver. It was going to be always going to be a season of change, but I didn't
1: think it'd be this bad. No, and I bring back, bring back Carl, bring back Robbo. <laughs> that's what I'm saying.
3: Right. So earlier this week, I caught up with Charles Wallin. We've really struggled to get a San Jose fan on the show. I can't believe this has happened. I'm going to be honest. Like a, a an angel coming from heaven, we were introduced to this guy on Twitter, and straight away. <laughs> I was like, yes, DM him. Let's get him on the show. He's one of the presenters on the Black and Azul YouTube channel. GCSE High School Spanish over here knows that that means black and blue. Um, Show off. He joined us on the podcast and, and honestly, I had this chat with him, it, it was a big chat, we covered so much and I have had to edit it down or else we wouldn't have had enough time, but we, we cover a lot of stuff, San Jose in particular, so here's what happened when I caught up with Charles. The MLS UK Show. Welcome to the MLS UK Show, I'm delighted to say joining us on the phone right now, it's Charles Wallin from the Black and Azul YouTube channel, how are you Charles?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. A uh, great honor to be on the show and uh, cheers for reaching out um, as a, as a dual citizen born in London and moved to the Bay area when I was 10. Um, I love what you're doing and I'm um, uh, very grateful.
3: Oh, well, thank you. So you, you said there that you was born in London. Uh, did you, So do you live in San Jose now? Is that right?
0: Yeah, I actually live in, in San Francisco, and uh, I I have a nine to five job up here, and I go down to San Jose uh, to to cover the games and and for Black and Azul every week. It's about forty five uh, miles or or so, so about an hour drive.
3: So, uh, what brought you to support San Jose? then? is it because it's quite local, or is there another reason for you following the the soccer team?
0: When I was growing up, I obviously I loved football, and you know I, I needed a team. Um, I just turned on the television, and there they, and there they were. Yeah, they had a great commentator, John Schrader, at the time. And um, I was kind of an actor and an and outgoing kid and, and thought that I wanted to be an actor. And, you know, I loved his voice, and I loved the way the team was playing. And at the time, they were the San Jose Clash, actually. And then they rebranded to the earthquakes um, about four years later after I moved to the States. But, uh, yeah, you know, basically being the local side that's here... You know, you want to support them and and you want to see them do well. Um, And they had some great success in in my early years uh, growing up. And so I've supported the San Jose Earthquakes since I moved to the States in 1996.
3: Uh, So did you have um, an English team before you moved over? Did you always like soccer?
0: I did have an English team. I do have an English team. Um, My English team is Chelsea. The reason being that is because I grew up in West London and my school was right across the street from Stamford Bridge. And we would have a various players visit uh, visit the school. And, and I was supporting Chelsea before all of the hullabaloo, of course, that it is now and, and the ownership and, and all of the success that the club has had. Um, and obviously at the time, as you guys know, Manchester United um, and Arsenal and Liverpool were, were way bigger clubs at the time than uh, than Chelsea. Enough about the league, though.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I guess the comparisons are there with the way that MLS is evolving to back in the early days of like the 90s when the Premier League was evolving. What similarities do you see between them?
0: Yeah, I I am starting to see some similarities, and that's a really um, valid point. What you see, though, with some of the MLS teams that are kind of in the doldrums, if you will, are teams that that are almost depressed in a way that... And here's the thing with no promotion relegation in Major League Soccer, and I'm not promoting this either way, is, you know, San Jose last season didn't have a good season. And there's a lot of negativity around the club. I think, you know, when you're relegated out of a league, there's always this new opportunity, this new chance, this new, you know, prize to get in, back into the league. Um, you know, with MLS, with these bottom teams not doing too well and the names and the likes right now, you see Vancouver, Colorado, Sporting kind of at the bottom, Chicago, Columbus, you know, th- these are legacy teams. They shouldn't have the chance to struggle too much and, and you know, be be in the bottom and then, you know, just kind of go, okay, well, cool, like it's a new season next year. Let's let's just push that restart button and, and here we go. But you are now starting to see these these key teams, as you said, like in the Premier League in the nineties with these with these names. And obviously I think LAFC, the class of the league, um, and the galaxy and the Sounders, and I think you're seeing Minnesota start to, you know, come to form. And then obviously in the East, um, you know, Atlanta New York Red Bulls have have really had some consistency in recent years. Toronto, I think, has fallen off, which is a little bit of a surprise just this season, but I think they'll get back into it. Um and Montreal's always there. But there's so many names in MLS, and I think that's kind of the beauty of the league and then also a frustration of the league where it's like next year, FC Cincinnati could be really good and they could get a top four place in the Eastern Conference, and you never know what's going to happen. You can't say that you don't kind of like it or love it or are intrigued by it because it's it's football in this country right now. And so, you know, this is what we've got. And right now for Quakes people, Quakes a legacy team, Quakes a team that's won the Cup two times, Quakes, a team that has an extremely educated footballing fan base, are privy to some of the best football in the league, if not the best football in the league, and some of the most out there tactics that you'll never see from a football manager. And right now the the ship is kind of sailing in, in good waters and the rising tide rises all ships.
3: Yeah, I guess, you know, what's what's great for you guys is just the the way you've been playing, like you've said, but also the fact that you are in the playoffs because the the West this year has been seen as the, the tougher conference. Is that something that the fans are bearing in mind a bit going, well, we're in the tougher conference, but we are holding our own?
0: Absolutely. You would definitely have to say that, um, due to the fact that you see some other teams get in there that um, that are also, you know, those those names, um, and those there's, there's some teams in there that are that are not those those names because Houston, Portland, and Sporting KC are currently out of the picture, um, and also you see a Minnesota United team that's resurgent, um, that's had that's had a really nice year, but of course, the um, Western Conference is you know clearly the better conference as of now it, but to be fair let's let's be honest this league has a lot of parity it could even out um you know this this second part of the season and i i do expect a toronto fc to kind of get going um we'll we'll have to we'll have to see <laughs> we'll have to see what happens but uh, for 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 you guys it just must be such an interesting league to follow
3: <laughs> yeah I mean we obviously are used to uh, the English leagues in particular the Premier League where you've got the same four or five teams at the top every, every season MLS is just the beauty of it is the fact that if you look at the last few seasons apart from Toronto getting to two MLS Cup finals it's been different teams that have been at the top. Different teams are at the bottom. You look at Galaxy, but you know with the players they've got, they still just missed out on the playoffs last season. The Quakes were down and out last season. Now look at them. Yep. It's it's a brilliant league to follow, just because you don't know what's going to happen.
0: That's the beauty of it, but also it's the frustration of it too, um, in the sense that if you are LAFC or you're the Galaxy that don't make the playoffs, right? That's that's this team that usually always makes the playoffs. Well, what's going on?
3: I can't let you go without talking about Chris Wondolowski. The guy is is still doing it. Um, You can probably break his season up into two parts, the first part, and then as of when he scored the four goals and got the record, he's been a different since. As a San Jose fan, what does he mean to the the club?
0: Chris Wondolowski is everything to the San Jose Earthquakes and has been for the past um, decade. Uh, He's a player that uh, was written off for a long time, and didn't really get the opportunity to later in his major league soccer career and San Jose found him and they were able to utilize him. And then he has had breakout seasons and a very consistent career of just scoring goals. week in, week out for this club. And, you know, I'm going to make a comparison here. He's the Alan Shearer of the league. Um, and, and Alan Shearer is a player I grew up idolizing um, and, and loved. And, you know, Chris, the person as well, is, is an amazing human being. He does a lot for the community. He understands his platform. He understands what it's like to be a professional soccer player in the Bay Area, from the Bay Area, who has had, you know, many chances and been able to perform on his second, third try, um, he's a hardworking player. He's a player that that kind of echoes the ethos of San Jose earthquakes. And a couple times earlier in our programming on the Black and Azul shows, I said, you know, this is the San Jose Wondolowskis. And so it's going to be kind of sad to see San Jose transition away from that in the coming years as as he kind of gently goes into the sunset uh but Chris Wondolowski is everything to this franchise he's an absolute legend um and he's a really um a, as i said amazing human being who 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 i think fans uh will always uh, resonate with will always love and um you know i hope he goes into coaching someday cuz i think he'll be excellent
3: yeah amazing um so charles just before you go uh, you of course You're a part of uh, the Black Azul YouTube channel, which if my uh, high school Spanish taught me anything, that means it's uh, black and blue. Uh, You got it. (laughs) So uh, tell us about that and where, if there's any San Jose fans here in the UK listening, where they can find you and what you bring um, behind the scenes with San Jose.
0: Yeah, so Black and Azul is a completely independent show um, that was kind of a harebrained idea from a, a, a lad in San Jose who had a studio show um, about the San Jose Sharks. And the San Jose Sharks are the the, the national hockey team uh, in San Jose. And they had a show called The Fin Factor down there, and uh, they wanted to do a show about the San Jose earthquakes. So they kind of picked a couple of people that may be interested in doing the show. And myself and... Joel Soria, who's, who's my co-host was picked, um, to do this show. And we had a meeting in, in, in January, February to chat about it and uh, about the kind of the, the beginnings of what's going to happen. And so originally it was just a studio show and just me and him kind of taped and, and, and a little bit scripted and, and a regular YouTube show that came out on a regular day. And we're kind of struggling to figure out, you know, what the next move was. And, and, the Fin Factor that the Sharks guys they do a they do a um, a live show and their live show uh, folks and fans can ask them questions and so um, we did that one time and we've never looked back uh, we're looser uh, we are more relaxed. Um, we have the chance for fans to ask us questions and that's what we're all about. We want to be an inclusive program an inclusive show. Um, and we have two other co-hosts, Jamin Moore, who's tactically brilliant. Um, and Alex Morgan, who, who's the kind of the, uh, an up-and-coming uh, star in um, in football writing. Um, and we're really pleased to have those two lads along with us. So the show's going really well. We'll, we'll be in our 25th episode uh, next week, but tonight's our 24th episode. We usually shoot on Wednesday evenings, 8 p.m. Pacific time to around eight thirty, eight forty-five. Well, there you go.
3: If you are a San Jose fan here in the UK or in the US, or you're just an MLS fan, check the guys out. Black and Azul on YouTube
1: Elliot Holman Henry
3: Hewitt
1: MLS UK Show
3: so uh, that was my chat with Charles I mean the way he talks about Wondo they love him at San Jose absolutely love him it may have taken him three years to get that last goal to break the record <laughs> yeah Uh, But we're glad he did, and he's not looked back since. Top scorer for San Jose this season. She can't believe we've had a San Jose fan on. We've been trying for two years. I know. Uh, Well, we've got two more teams. We've got Chicago, and we've got Columbus, who are going to come on to the show. (sighs) They're going to be a barrel of laughs, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. And then we've spoke to someone from every team Playing in MLS this season, which is uh, a testament, really, to you guys wanting to come onto the show. You know, this is just this podcast based in England. Yet, when we put it out at the start of the season, who wants to come on
1: the podcast? We had mm. so many messages, and we had f- three or four from each team. So, so if, um, you do, if you wanna, if you want to if you want to join in, uh, mm. we're still looking, as always, for for more DPS, our designated phoners. Um, messages at MLS UK Show on Twitter, or you can email hello at MLS.show. Right. Before we make the predictions, <laughs> I've had a look at what happened last week. <laughs> uh,
3: of course, last week, for, to celebrate episode fifty, I went through our predictions this season, and it turns out Elliot was five three up in the prediction league. Get in uh, this week. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. I had my worst ever week. I got ten points. And considering you get five points for a correct outcome and ten points for a correct score, that tells you how bad I was.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I might have had a worse week.
3: Um, well, I said that Columbus would win and then I said Red Bulls would beat Orlando. You, Elliot. Go on. 40 points.
1: <laughs> get him!
3: You absolutely smashed it. <laughs> You go say, on, hit me with it because I can't remember what I predicted. You said Philadelphia would win. Uh, New York City would win. You said RSL Minnesota would be 1 1. So you got 10 points for that. Uh, you said San Jose would beat Vancouver. Atlanta would win. You said New England Revolution would win. And you said, of course, Red Bulls would beat Orlando. 40 points. Well done. You go 6 3 in the lead. <laughs> Doubled your point score, mate. 6 so, 3. I need to get it back this week. I Come on. Uh, you know what? Like, my dad listens to every podcast, and every week when I speak to him, he he says, uh, oh, I listened to it the other day. I said, yeah. He said, Elliot's beating you again in the <laughs> predictions.
1: <laughs>
3: I love this. Love it. Right, let's have a look at this weekend then in MLS. Uh, let's hope for another eventful weekend like last weekend, because it was great. Are you bothering doing predictions, or shall I just do it? <laughs> no. I'm gonna, I, let, right. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to win
1: this one. He's livid. I'm He's absolutely fuming. I did livid. so well last year as well. I'm absolutely fuming. <laughs> I've been so much more chilled this year. I've not put any pressure on myself. I think that's what it is.
3: Kicking off Saturday morning, uh, Friday evening, if you're in North America.
1: Oh, this is the worst.
3: New York City FC versus SKC. Half 12 in the morning here. 2-0 and New York City. 3-1, New York City. Can I just say, I was so disappointed SKC lost to Dallas at home. I thought they'd turn the corner mm,
1: so nah.
3: straight back to where they were. Three o'clock. This, for me, game of the weekend. I'm
1: gutted this is on at three in the morning. You're gutted. I'm working on this game. <laughs> 3 a.m. it kicks off. I'm then presenting a breakfast show at 6 a.m. Uh, uh, well, when well, do I sleep? Know. Where are you going? What's this? Vea versus Jose Martinez. <sighs> I've got to watch it because I... I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see what happens here. Mm. I really can't. This is possibly one of the biggest games of the season. I think it's tough, isn't it? I'm, I I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals. I'll be honest. I'm gonna go for a one-nil LAFC win. I agree with you. I was thinking about this
3: on the way in today. I was like, "Where am I going with this game?" Because I d- I really don't know. For me, this is the biggest cross conference match of the season so far. But with Atlanta's farm away, only won three out of ten. LAFC have won eight out of nine at home. You've got to go LAFC to win. I don't think they'll lose two games in a row. For the excitement of the league, I kind of hope they lose two games in a row. It brings everyone else back into it. Don't see it happening. LAFC will win 2-0. Okay.
1: New England Revolution are at home to Orlando City. Uh, It's midnight uh, on Saturday stroke Sunday. Not New England
3: Farm. There's a lot of W's in recent games, so I'm going to go
1: two-one. I'm going two-nil New England.
3: New York Red Bulls versus Columbus Crew, half twelve Sunday morning. Four-one Red Bulls. I know they won last week, but I just don't see the consistency going to be there. I think three-nil to the Red Bulls. Chicago
1: Fire versus DC United. Do you think Will Rooney be back for this? He's he's been on his jollies. Hasn't yeah, he? he's been, been back home.
3: here. Yeah, on his holidays.
1: Um, Is he back? Do you know that? I don't know, I presume he's going to be back Mm. Um, Don't know that for sure But I It's only a tiny, minor injury apparently So I expect him to return Because he will have had a whole week at home Um, Even without Rooney I think Acosta could do enough Against Chicago, I'm going to go for A 2-0 DC win
3: I'm going to go 2-2 actually I think Chicago Like against Atlanta, they pull results out of the bag Sometimes, especially at home 2 2.
1: FC Dallas versus RSL in the West.
3: I always go against RSL when they're away. Mm. So I'm going to go 3 1 to Dallas. 1 0 Dallas. Houston versus Seattle. You expect Seattle to bounce back, but it's away. Yeah, and Houston are good at home. So I'm intrigued to see whether they can continue the farm. 2 2. 2 2. It's just a
1: screaming draw. 3 2 Houston. Okay, Minnesota are at home to Whitecaps. That's a Minnesota win. I'll do yours for you as well. (laughs) Next, uh, Minnesota 3-1. 4-0. Wow. Uh, Montreal versus Philadelphia. This is probably, it's not a glamour tie, but I think it's one of the biggest games of the weekend um, in terms of the Eastern Conference Mm. and how that's going to pan out. Like you say, Atlanta are on the prowl if this is a draw you'll be well happy won't you I will Montreal need
3: a result somehow uh, there'll be five defeats in a row if you don't I can't separate I don't, I don't know what happens here I think it would be a draw I think there'll be a rain delay especially with the weather I believe they've been having in North America they love a rain delay in Montreal so I'm going to go 1-1 with a rain delay wow 2-1 <laughs> Philly I don't know why don't you ask me why 1am. There's a lot of games on at the same time, isn't Mm. there, this weekend. Uh, 1am again, Toronto versus FC Cincinnati. This game for me, for Toronto, is is huge. It is. They need to get wins, and this is a perfect way to bounce back from Houston. I think we do. I think it'd be 3-1. I
1: was going to say 3-1, and I think they they go 1-0 down. San Jose versus Colorado Rapids, 3am. 2-0 San Jose. Yeah, can you imagine trying to predict that last season? I know, no yeah. nil draw. Um, I think this would be quite high scoring. Actually, I think four two to San Jose. Portland, three thirty a.m. against oh. LA Galaxy, <laughs> Sunday morning. Fancy Portland here. Yeah, unbeaten in five. Two one Portland.
3: Yeah, I I I'm gonna go Portland. I think Galaxy. Put it this way, the last five games, they've won, lost, won, lost, won. They're I, I kind of that side where I, they need to be more consistent if they're going to push LAFC. I just I, I think Zlatan will have one of his off days if he plays. Portland will win. I think Portland will win 3-2 three,
1: three, again. Okay. Portland will win. Um, the next time we do a podcast, we will have had the MLS All-Star game as well. So... Hmm. Do you want we'll to? Do you want to have that. a little guess at that? Oh, um. if you want to check out the uh, Atletico Madrid roster, we've posted it on our Twitter. By the way, uh, at MLS UK show. Um, Kieran Trippier included, of course. Diego Costa has travelled as well. Yep. Kieran Trippier, same hometown we were born in, Berry. Shout out to the Berry crew. Yep, no one cares. What,
3: you know you're, what, I, what you're saying? Well, can I just say about Kieran Trippier? I told you his story, didn't I? Uh, so he was brought up in the village in Berry. Mm that is um, my granddad still lives in. And after the World Cup last year, my granddad saw Kieran Trippier's uh, mum in the uh, in the shop and said, oh, like you must be really proud of him. And she said, yeah. And he said, well, where, what's he going to do now? And
1: she said last year he really wants to play in Spain.
3: Hmm. And now he's playing for Atletico Madrid.
1: And they've got, they've got a serious team. They've made some really, really big sign-ins hmm. in the summer. So... Um, big chance to take on Barcelona and Real next year. I think... Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? I think this is going to penalties.
3: It always goes to penalties. It does. Can I just say as well, and I was thinking about this when I saw the roster, for MLS as a as a league, that when you look at that for starting eleven next week, they can call it a retirement league as much as they want, but there are some top quality players in that team, and I think it's a testament to where MLS is going. And these sort of games, MLS is the only league that does this. And these sort of games is getting this team and these players out to a worldwide audience, mm. which is why we love MLS because it's it's there's so much talent there, but it's not being tapped into. And uh, I think we'll see this in this team because some of the names in that squad, frightening how good they are.
1: Yeah, I, I do. It is real that's what makes it difficult because I think. The MLS roster is very, very strong. And obviously, Atletico have got a hell of a team. It's very difficult to predict. I've got to back our boys, though. I've got to back our boys. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. 2-2, goes to penalties. Jose Martinez makes up for it in a penalty shootout. He loves it. He loves it in purple. What are Atlanta going to do, by the way? Because presumably, each club's going to be obliged to post about the All-Star game. Yeah. When it was announced that four Atlanta players were in the team, every time they posted, they did a video of them wearing the shirt, but they did it in black and white so that it wasn't purple. Are they just going to post all their pictures from the game in black and white? I think they're going to take the fine and just ignore it. (laughs) It just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, Okay, Uh, looking forward to the uh, MLS All-Star game. I think... um, I'll definitely be doing some tweeting during that one. Yeah, last year we did that. We did a bit of
3: a, a tweet along. So um, get involved on our Twitter at MLS show. Keep an eye on that and we'll we'll be telling you what we're doing for that game. The game with a changing name, just to round it up. This was from Dan on uh, Twitter, DM'd us. You can DM us as well if you've got one. Uh, he played for LA Galaxy 2007, Real Salt Lake, then went to Nottingham Forest, back to Real Salt Lake and Toronto FC. It was, of course... Robert Findlay. never heard of him. <laughs> um, been, How was but, I ever going to get that? I'd heard of him from his Forest days. You know, he, he, I think he 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 didn't have he didn't play many games, but he he had two seasons there. Played eleven times for the USA as well. Thanks for that, Dan. Congratulations if you got that right. Yeah, props and, to you if you got that right. And tweet us,
1: uh, DM us if you've got one that you want to have to see you next week. Back at it again after the mls all-star game enjoy it uh, we'll be back with you for season two episode 18 next week see ya sports social podcast network lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's
3: office